Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. Today, I wanted to do a whole episode about journaling sharing with you my best tips, tricks, prompts in honor of my new self-love journal, which is officially published. Yay! It's officially out. 100 Days of Self-Love. It came out on November 15th, 2022. Gosh, what year is it? Why do all the 2020s feel like a blur? Yes, November 15th, 2022, which is also my mom's birthday. How special. And in this new self-love journal, I basically paired my personal musings, excerpts, thoughts, just whatever I'm pondering with a journaling prompt for you to dive into your own self-exploration. So I would think of this journal like something to keep you going or growing on this self-love journey, especially if you're one of those people that knows all the things. You know what self-love is, you know why it's important, but sometimes it feels extra hard to give yourself that compassion, especially on the difficult days, or you feel like you're just so busy you don't really give your self-love, your mental health, the time of day. Well, I believe that there's no better way to practice self-care than by journaling. There's just so many reasons why, and we will dive into that in this episode. Wow. (laughs) I am a little bit nervous. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I'm actually at the library right now, and they have this whole podcast studio set up. So all the equipment is kind of making me feel like you know, extra podcasty, which is bringing on its own nerves. So I think I need to do a dramatic sip of tea very early on in this episode before we dive into the journaling tips, tricks, and prompts. Give me one moment. Ah, okay. So let's talk about how to start journaling and stay consistent. Here are top three tips for just like starting and staying consistent. Number one, Start with one minute, not five, not 10, not five pages. Don't put this big grand expectation of yourself. Instead, start with like the tiniest micro goal. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to eat one vegetable a day. I'm just going to drink one extra glass of water. I'm just going to do this one tiny, tiny little thing that I know is so easy to do that I can't even make an excuse for not doing it. And once you do that, you'll just feel so much more accomplished. And there's lots of research about this technique, but basically some chemicals go off in your brain, dopamine, whatever, that feel-good hormone, the stuff that makes you feel like, oh, I've got this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing it well. And then it just becomes that much more easier to build a habit because it's no longer intimidating. One thing that I always ran into is that I felt like journaling was this big, grand, romantic thing, and I felt like I had to be in the perfect place and space and have this beautiful journal and nice pen and sit outside with the perfect latte and write these intricate thoughts that, (laughs) I don't know, I hope someday after I'm dead, somebody will find and be so impressed with me. What a weird thought to have, right? But this is what kept on preventing me from journaling because 
it just felt so intimidating. So it wasn't until I told myself like, okay, Mary, just one minute, just one sentence, write down the few things that are on your mind and move on with your life. And this brings me to tip number two is to pick a time. I know a lot of people talk about journaling in the mornings, and I think that's really great. For me, morning journaling usually turns into a to-do list. So I personally try not to do to-do lists, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But when I journal in the morning, I realized that it just turned into this task list that made me feel a little bit more overwhelmed. And although I still try to journal in the morning, by staying away from to-do lists, I actually found that evening journaling like right before bed after my teeth are brushed, I'm literally in bed and I just turn over to my nightstand and I just jot down a few things that I'm thinking about that are on my mind. And that helps me like clear my head so that I can sleep at night because for whatever reason, anytime I get into bed, my thoughts just start going. Sometimes they're negative doom and gloom thoughts. Other times they're just like ideas or positive things or I'm just like recapping the day and I feel so much lighter when I turn to my journal and just jot all that down and then I could easily get to sleep. So bonus benefit. Tip number three, speaking of feeling lighter, is when you're trying to like overcome this resistance, right? Because there's always resistance whenever we try to build a new habit. It's important to remind yourself how you are going to feel afterward how you're probably going to feel lighter and clearer and just so much better about the circumstances once it's out of your head and onto paper. So this is what will keep you coming back to this habit because you know that it's going to make you feel better and it's the simplest thing and it's so like literally free and if you do one minute, there's absolutely no excuse for not doing it. And I just like cannot stress enough how important journaling is. Now, you may be asking, what the hell do I write about, Mary? What if I'm totally at a loss for words? And as much as I want you to pick up my new self-love journal, 100 Days of Self-Love, I also want to make sure that you know journaling tips in general. So if for whatever reason you're not getting the journal or you are like getting all the way through it and you're still looking for journaling tips for journaling on your own, here are a couple different approaches. You can write about your day. Now, this is like more like a diary. So you're just recapping, taking inventory of everything that happened. I will invite you to go a little bit beyond occurrences and more into like thoughts and feelings and those things that We usually don't get a chance to process. So although like having a diary is great, it's kind of like what you do when you're 14 instead of as an adult, like what you are capable of. So I recommend writing about your feelings. That sounds so cliche, but this is a form of processing. And it is very important to, as you're writing, like actually put pen to paper. I know I personally, if I don't have like a journal, I tend to jot things down in the notes app on my phone, or I just have random things scattered all over, or I'll send like a voice note to a friend. So there's different ways that we process, right? But one of the most underrated ways is by writing down what you're feeling like physically with your hand, not typing. And why is this so important? Because when you're writing, your brain is actually slowing down because you write slower than you think. So when you're writing, 
you want to slow your brain down. Whereas I've noticed like if I'm typing, especially on a computer and I hear like on my Mac, the keys clicking, it's like this positive reinforcement loop where I just keep typing faster and faster and faster. And then my thoughts keep spinning and spinning and spinning. And then there's always more and more and more. And next thing I know, there's like six pages of word vomit. And that's the type of journaling that doesn't necessarily make you feel better. I mean, sometimes it is needed, but more often than not, we do have to kind of push ourselves to write by hand. If you're anything like me, homegirl got a lot to say. I got a lot to process. So my hand does get numb, but it is that act of like slowing down, taking a breath, knowing that you have time and that you have space with yourself and you don't have to rush. That's also going to help the hand cramping. Another thing you can do is write about what you want to create in your life, like in your future. And this is a form of manifesting, which I'm not the biggest fan of for various reasons. I think we should get like a, I don't know, a non-basic manifesting expert on the show so we can talk about manifesting in a way that's not problematic. But I do believe in manifesting in a way that's like you do have the power to think certain thoughts and talk yourself through certain things and approach things with a more positive mindset that is going to create a different reality for you. So when you are writing like about the future that you want to create and you're bringing that into existence, the key to this is tapping into the feelings. So you're not like, I'm going to make $50,000 next year. Instead, you're writing about how it's making you feel. Like, what does your day look like with financial freedom? What are you doing? How are you spending your time? How are you making this money? Who is this benefiting? What are you buying yourself? Like, you're tapping into all those intricate details to stir up some kind of emotion. And that's another reason why journaling is powerful because you can approach it from future you, but write about it as if it's in the present. So this is called scripting and like manifesting lingo. And this is something that I do for some of my big goals, especially retreats. Like if I'm feeling really nervous about a retreat, which I do every single time about a month prior, I start getting all these retreat dreams. I start kind of freaking out as I'm planning the curriculum and just getting nervous about all these people flying across the world to hang out with me in Costa Rica, that kind of stuff. Instead, I try to like shift my mindset and I write about like, what is that feeling like? What are we doing? Who are the people there? What are they getting out of it? And that just helps so, so much. So I highly recommend that if you're feeling like nervous or anxious about something, turn to your journal instead of just thinking your way through things and and believing that that's somehow going to help because I don't know, that's, I guess, the messed up thing about anxiety is that we think that if only we could think out all the possibilities, then it'll be less stressful when it happens or if it, whatever event we're anxious about happens, but it's actually the opposite. Like anxiety just makes us relive these (laughs) potential events that haven't even happened yet. And we just get very dramatic about it. So this type of journaling where you're writing as if it's future you is the antidote to that. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good, 
I would add it to my self-love playlist. And now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist. And these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. If you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. Another thing I like to do when I'm journaling, and this is honestly what got me started on this whole path, is actually reading an excerpt from a book right before I journal. So this could be any book you're reading, or I like to pick up a book that's kind of like one of those daily dose. So hence why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love in the format that I did, because there are so many books that I was turning to, like 365 Daily Meditations, or I read a chapter from The Artist's Way, which is a book about unlocking creativity, or I just read some sort of excerpt about something to get my wheels turning. And that usually, reading something else usually also helps me write something else, which is the whole point of this. You're like unlocking little parts of yourself that otherwise were all bottled up in your head. So I hope you enjoy this format in 100 Days of Self-Love where there's like a little excerpt, story, musing, something to think about, followed by a prompt, followed by space to write. And the cool thing about 100 Days of Self-Love is that there's like a page and a half to write for every prompt. So it is supposed to be like this micro journaling habit. So it probably won't take you more than five minutes. I mean, maybe 10 if you're like really thinking deep, but you could probably do these prompts in as little as one minute a day, which goes back to the first thing that we talked about, like setting the tiniest, tiniest little goal for yourself and actually following through. So I hope 100 Days of Self-Love can support you in that. And if you're feeling really, really stuck, say you've done a bunch of prompts, you find yourself ruminating, you don't really know what else to write about or think through, which I'm sorry, but I can't relate. I always have something to think about and talk about. But in case you're like in a place where you're feeling kind of numbed out with your feelings, I highly recommend you fall back to this one big question. And the question is, what am I unwilling to feel, face, or admit to myself? What am I unwilling to feel, face, or admit to myself? You would be surprised how many things you'll write down that will surprise you. And this is a version of Tara Brock's meditation guidance is when we sit in stillness, and I do believe that journaling done consistently over time is a form of like mental training to be a little bit more mentally still when you're not journaling. When we sit in that kind of space, we're tapping into parts of ourselves that we otherwise just don't make the time for. Usually we make time for 
to-do lists. We make time for our work. We make time for other people. We make time for, I don't know, maybe anxiety, but we do not make time for ourselves and to think about what am I unwilling to feel, face, or admit to myself. And on that note, I think with journaling, the hardest part is putting pen to paper. But again, you have to remind yourself that once you do, you're going to feel so, 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 so much better. And there are different ways to approach journaling. I hope that you already have a beautiful journal. If you're anything like me, you're probably addicted to buying stationery, thinking that this will be the journal that will change your life and make you actually journal. But in reality, you just have a bunch of journals that are half blank, if not more blank than that. But I hope 100 Days of Self-Love is a journal that you will actually fill up and fill out. But if you already have like a blank page journal, by the way, 100 Days of Self-Love is available on Audible and Kindle too. So you can still like use your own journal even if you want to get the prompts. But if you are kind of like a little bit more advanced or maybe you identify more as a writer or you're like me and you're not at a loss for words, in fact, you just have a lot to say, then one type of journaling that may be for you is called stream of consciousness writing. Sometimes this is referred to as morning pages. And again, this was popularized by a book called The Artist's Way, which I mentioned earlier. It's a book about unlocking creativity. And she insists that the only way to keep your creative juices flowing every single day is to do morning pages. And this is three pages of just stream of consciousness writing. Now, to me, I've tried this. I've done this. I think the most I've been consistent with this was like maybe 12 days. And that was like during COVID when everybody was kind of in a limbo and we didn't have as much going on. So I somehow found time to do that, but it just feels so intimidating. Like three pages is a lot. My hand starts cramping. And for whatever reason, I sit down with my cup of coffee. I try to journal and suddenly I need to go to the bathroom. So this just like wasn't feasible for me. But if it is something you're interested in, you're basically just writing down whatever comes to mind, ideally first thing in the morning. So she really insists the author's name is Julia Cameron. She really insists on doing these morning pages first thing in the morning when your brain is in this kind of like just woke up, fresh ideas, not burdened by your day yet. So you're really tapping into this like almost subconscious part of you. And again, physically writing as opposed to typing is encouraged. And this type of journaling maybe for you, it may be a little bit intimidating, but it really does help you like flush out your ideas. And most importantly, notice patterns in your thinking. So when you're doing stream of consciousness, the beauty of it is that you really are just like transcribing your brain out onto paper. And if you do turn back and like reread some of those pages or just like notice what you keep on writing about or struggling with, you will notice patterns and you'll be like, holy shit, I wrote about this exact same theme like three years ago. Why hasn't this changed? Am I just like stuck in a pattern no matter the time or the circumstance or anything? Is this just a story that I'm committed to believing? And that's personally what I've noticed a lot with journaling in general, not just stream of consciousness, but 
I just know that some of the things that I'm struggling with now, like in my mind, are the same exact things that I struggled with five years ago. And I thought that the problem was this or that, money, relationship, friends, social media. You think the problem is something outside of you, but when you journal, you can't really run away from the fact that our brains are like extra committed to certain stories and we will keep replaying them, recreating them until we break the pattern. And one way to break the pattern is to first notice the pattern. And the way you do that is by journaling. And then you can journal yourself into maybe a different pattern that you want to create, some thoughts that are more supportive of the reality that you want to live. Another form of journaling I'm sure you've seen on the internet especially Pinterest, is bullet journaling. And I will admit that making lists is oddly satisfying, a great way to boost your mood. It's quick, it's easy. You can make lists about whatever you want using prompts like, I don't know, moments that make me happy, things that smell good, what I'm looking forward to. And I love doing this. Like sometimes, especially if you have a little bit of free time and you're trying to be more creative, I do like bullet journaling, which is just writing lists. The con to bullet journaling, however, is that you're not really processing the nuances of your feelings in complete sentences. And again, just like for me journaling in the morning, sometimes bullet journaling easily turns into a to-do list. So if that happens for you, try to instead switch this to a to-be list. What is a to-be list? It's how you want to feel. What emotions do you want to channel instead of this is everything that I need to get done? So for example, I know it sounds impractical, but it's very practical. If today, for example, my number one priority is to record this podcast, So instead of writing down like record podcasts and then all the little other things that I have to do around the podcast and whatever else is on my to-do list, I write down record podcast. Doing this one thing is going to make me feel incredibly accomplished and lighter and proactive about pursuing one of my biggest dreams, which is to be a full-time podcaster. And tapping into that makes doing the thing so much easier because I'm no longer focused on like, oh, I have to record this podcast. I'm driving to this new studio and like figuring out all this equipment. And I feel like I'm going to be talking all weird because I had a rough weekend and I just don't know. I can't get myself into that headspace to talk and da 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 da. Instead of getting in my head about like the dread. And I think even the things we love to do the most still come with this sense of dread especially if you want to be good at it and you get in this like perfectionistic mindset. When you write a to-be list or you follow each task with how you want to feel or how you are going to feel as you complete or after you complete this task, then suddenly I'm realizing that recording this podcast episode isn't something that I have to do. It's something that I get to do because this is me pursuing my dream of becoming a full-time podcaster and it's going to make me feel so accomplished and I'm talking about my book in this podcast and that's something that's really important to me and I want people to journal more. I want us all to journal together, hence why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love and this kind of excitement. It's easier to tap into when you write out those feelings that you want to feel after you do whatever that thing is on your to-do list. So, 
Don't limit yourself to just boring to-do lists. Try to add a feeling to it and making a to-be list. Lastly, the last type of guided journaling that I can't recommend enough, and I'm so biased because obviously I put the past one and a half years of my life into creating this, but guided journaling is really, really powerful because it takes away a lot of the legwork of like, what am I going to write about? I don't have that much time. I don't even know what I'm thinking about. I just am feeling stuck and can't stay consistent with journaling. When you have a guided journal, these journals come with prompts and they give you a starting point. And then from that starting point, you can still turn it into stream of consciousness or turn it into bullet journaling and you can do it in the morning or at night. You can let it go wherever it wants to go, but at least you have something to start with and you have like a little a piece to read, especially if you get 100 days. There's something that like supplements the whole experience instead of feeling so alone in it. And I love prompts that challenge me to think differently, but also inspire me to trust my own inner guidance, knowing that it's like being your own therapist, right? Like they're going to ask you a certain question posed in a certain way that's going to drag out certain responses, but that is also going to teach you to ask yourself those same questions and be honest with yourself in the same way. And so journaling, guided journaling, this type of training your brain to constantly be asking yourself questions and answering them honestly, coming up with creative solutions, really letting yourself process and go where you need to is just so, so powerful. So on that note, I really hope that you can pick up my book, 100 Days of Self-Love, a journal to help you calm self-criticism and love who you are. It's a guided journal with daily musings, thought-provoking prompts, space to write, and not only is it beautiful, the cover is just, oh, I love it so much. It's by the same illustrator that made the cover of The Gift of Self-Love. So if you saw that, it's a similar vibe. And I hope that this self-love journal can be something that'll keep you going, or as I like to say, growing, on your self-love journey. In case you're wondering some frequently asked questions like, what's the difference between the gift of self-love and 100 days of self-love? They were created to be complements to each other. So even if you have the gift of self-love, 100 days of self-love will be even more perfect for you because the gift of self-love is very foundational. It's holistic. It's kind of like the principles and tools behind self-love, especially the focus on body image and some of the stuff in there about relationships and just like defining what self-love is and how it shows up in your life. Whereas 100 days of self-love, not only is it a little bit different because it's a journal, so there's not as much writing from me, but in those prompts, I kind of dive into more widespread topics surrounding self-love and perhaps maybe a little bit more advanced just because I've grown as a person, so my writing has grown with me. So these prompts cover topics like people, like your relationships, your purpose, identity, your career, I guess that goes into your purpose, body image is a big one in there, and your mind, like your mindset and your heart. And in the heart, it's more like emotional prompts to stimulate a little bit more like 
mm, like in the heart, you know? So all of these topics, there are six different topics and there's a hundred prompts. So all the topics are equally dispersed and you do not have to do 100 days of self-love in order. And you do not have to do this every day in the order that it's presented. Instead, I actually invite you to skip around and to turn to the topics that are most calling for you. So if like a certain time in your life, you're like, I really need to work on my relationships, then go to those prompts. Or if it's body and body image, then skip to those prompts. The beauty of doing it in order in the way that we organized is that you kind of get it shuffled. So again, it's like this journey. It's something to keep you going or growing every single day. And like I mentioned before, all of these prompts will take you maybe five minutes, perhaps 10 if you spend a little more time with them. But we were very adamant on making it like this micro journaling format. So that way it is that much more approachable and not intimidating. The really exciting thing about 100 Days of Self-Love is that I will be journaling with you right after the holidays. So on January 1st, because New Year's, we're getting 100 Days of Self-Love for the holidays as gifts. Hopefully you're giving it to your friends who you want to journal with and perhaps be accountability buddies. And right after all of this holiday pizzazz is over, on January 1st, I'm going to start journaling with you every single day using the prompts in 100 Days of Self-Love. And I'm going to create this whole thing on Instagram. And that way, every single day as you're journaling, I'm journaling too. Maybe we're doing the same prompts and you can check in. We can discuss and hold each other accountable in that way. So I'm really excited to be journaling together. And I hope that regardless of whether you get 100 days of self-love or you just start small and simple with your own journal, I hope that this episode was helpful for you to get started and hopefully stay consistent. If you're interested in getting 100 days of self-love, it's available everywhere books are sold. Amazon, Walmart, Target, small indie bookstores. We love to support those. Or you can go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. You can also click the link in the description of this podcast episode and all the links to get yourself a copy of 100 Days of Self-Love are there. It's also available in stores. You might have to like call and make sure that it's there, but Again, wherever books are sold, 100 Days of Self-Love is now available because it's officially published. Woohoo! Thank you so much for being on this journey with me, and I hope that I can see some of your journaling efforts on Instagram. You can tag at Mary's Podcast, and let me know what your favorite way is to journal. And if you do have a copy of 100 Days of Self-Love, then please tag my personal account at Mary's Cup of Tea, so that way I can repost it, celebrate with you, and it just makes me feel so happy and giddy knowing that this piece of my heart, this book, my second book, is in your hands. I love you all so much, and I will talk to you next time. Bye! One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. 
You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.